0: Shop. I should go have a scratch, it's only beauty spot When I want you to start, it's when I want you stop one 9 to five, one five to 12 o'clock, you see me? And we began dating and everything was set. and we
1: folks welcome to Tales from the abyss episode 2 season two the year of our lord 2021 some years are better than other that was the music of Damien junior gong marley welcome to Jamrock, 2005. The song was beautiful, featuring the great Bobby Brown. We have a great guest this this, uh, evening. Our guest tonight uses summer as a verb. 45, in other words, Donald Trump described him as a rich woman's lover and a poor girl's dream. Legend has it, he once had a bar tap of 4,000 bucks Justin spill liquor alone, with actress Halle Berry sitting on his lap. If you don't like it, it's okay, because he's rich and the rest of us are not. Welcome to the show, New Orleans native, and now Austin, Texas resident, stand-up comedian, and all-around essential human being, Jimmy Tibbs. Sir, how are you this evening? Welcome to Tales from the I, I couldn't have uh, said that better if I had written myself. I think. You... Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know who wrote that one. Yeah. So, man, what in the hell is going on, brother? Talk to him.
0: It's, it's a pleasure to be on your format. I, um, you know, yes, yeah, we, you know, we can kind of let the cat out of the bag, we, you know, never did a pre-interview or anything like that. I just feel these type of interviews, they're best when they're just natural.
1: Correct. Just to let things flow, you know, uh,
0: but I, you know, judging from your website or your your Facebook post, I, I was expecting some Twilight Zone type music and, um, you know, with, with Freddy Krueger popping up or Jason, whatever that is you always have on your
1: site, you know. Uh, no, but see, I that's the that's, been... that's the misconception of the show and I'm sorry that I interrupted you, but the, the misconception of the right. show, I do have a uh, an, uh, fascination with the occult... Uh, Horror movies, doing horror reviews in here, but tales from the abyss. Once again, it's all about me looking at a window, and realizing how fragile this world is, and we are really living in the abyss. And that's why the the, the name of the uh, of the podcast was that. But I had to go with what I'm strong in, and what I'm strong is uh is basically doing horror stuff, book book review and stuff like that. But the the, the you know anybody can can be on the show that it has something to offer and that we have a good chemistry and whatnot. So yeah, the music can be anything for the show. But it, it, it may be perfect because you see, you see right now, the whole world's an episode of the Twilight Zone. If you've ever seen that show, Loved a it. lot of those things in that show are just coming to fruition. Now, we're, we're living in that particular time. Rod Serling was way ahead of his time. Man. Way, way ahead, ahead of, the time. of his time. You know what I'm saying? When you, if you're a fan of that show, you're like, yeah, man, this shit is happening right now. Right? You know, so it's now. crazy, man. You're seeing yeah, things in this world right now that are just like. It's like you can't even believe the world, but you can't believe you're living in the United States of America. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, well, well, you see, the, the whole world has also become an episode of Saturday Night
0: Live. Yep. You see, the, 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 the thing that you used to laugh at, you know, this, this shit is happening in real life, now, you know, right, right before our eyes. I mean, especially the stuff with Trump. I mean, you know, if you watch one of the debates, you know, where Biden says, oh, shut up, man. This is something you would see in a Saturday Night Live sketch.
1: What, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but the first the first, the first, first debate, they both acted like children on the first one. Okay. And then on the second one, they got more normal. But yeah, on the first one, I was like, wow, this is the United States of America. <laughs> These people are out there yeah. like... Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely... Well, you didn't. see, what's going to have to happen is this, is
0: that the, the country is going to have to make a decision, all right? Uh, because the, the system can't continue this way you know, the system that we currently have. So, you know, either we're going to have racism, white supremacy, or we're going to have a United States of America. Because the system cannot endure. Either America is going to destroy, you know, racism, white supremacy, or white supremacy is going to destroy United States, as we saw in the 6th. But you can't have both. So they just have to make a decision, one or the other. And, And we're stuck with the same thing we had back in, 1875 or whenever, when when Rutherford B Hayes became uh, president, basically him and the, uh, the the guy from New York it was a tie, mm-hmm. and they decided, okay, Rutherford, you're going to be president, but you're going to reverse everything in the South, everything they did at you know Reconstruction, and they had a, they had black governors and black people in the office. They said, you're going to reverse all of that, so we can go back to the system that we
1: had before. Mm-hmm. And that's how that election turned out. Not many people know that because they weren't living back then. Yeah, they but weren't that's living. what happened. Yeah. Right, but, they, but that's what happened during those times. So you look at Biden
0: and Trump, you know, it, it, it's different wings on the same bird of prey. Neither one of these guys is going to do anything, I think, for black people.
1: But, but they let you know that. But let me, let, let me ask you this. You absolutely believe that a lot of us minorities were doing real bad under Trump. Well, economically, doing real bad. Uh-huh. you know, but he, he didn't. He didn't help matters anything. I am you know, I, I mean, I'm referring to Trump. Yeah.
0: You know, he he's the only one, sir, that was speaking in code. Okay, it's like a, like a dog whistle. Uh-huh. Make America great again. Well, as opposed to what? When it wasn't great, 1975, 1965. You know, when when was it great? Well, it was it was great when certain people were in their place.
1: Well, according you know, uh, to uh, block, according to you know, Cuomo, America was never great. You see, yeah, mm. see, he's, he's he's referring probably to the same system. But you know, it was
0: it was great when you know when a when a block of uh, ice was being drawn by a horse. You know, the Uffend days. Mm. You know, in your, in your place, boy. So yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's just it's just just a it's just a big ass mess. That's what it comes. That's what it comes down to. And you know, it's like either one of those guys do you, do you want me to cut off your, your your hand or your foot your hand or your foot which one see you can't say voting for the less of two evils that that doesn't work anymore
1: yeah yeah you know, I, well you, you don't vote for the you vote for whoever they put out there they give you the uh, they give you the illusion that you're free and you're voting for somebody yeah. well you see but what it is is it's it's, it's for black folk it's going to be called um, what you call a uh, group economics
2: uh-huh. that's what's going to us not voting for someone, not waiting for a white savior, all that foolishness, all that pie in the sky bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Group economics. You see, the dollar bounces 19 times in the Jewish community. Yes. Okay? It, it bounces about 10 to 11
1: times in the white community. Bounces about 4 to 5 times in the Hispanic community. You know how many times it bounces in the black community? Once. Zero. Zero time. It doesn't even bounce there. Right. Right. So if you have if you don't have group
0: economics, you have nothing. That's why you can be killed with impunity. That's why they can treat you the way they treat you because you don't have it you don't have a stake in anything. Yes. It's like what are they gonna do? They they shoot every black person on the streets. They do nothing. And our and our behavior is predictable to black folks. We get up we gather by our fence, we get some candles and some teddy bears and we hug and cry and he said, little Junebug was a good friend. He was a good homie. And then some asshole like Al Sharpton shows up. Now it's been crumpled <laughs> by himself and a check is written.
2: For him. Family, and yeah. For and, you know, him. Then, then, it, it, then, then it happens again a couple of weeks, a
0: couple of months later. It, it's old, It's like groundhog day. This, this stuff is very predictable. No, you go out there and, and, and kill a, a, a fellow that's Asian and watch what happens for your ass. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. have group economics. They don't care who the president is. They've got their money, and they let you know that. But, you and know, you know, on the same
1: um, page. you know, I don't know if you know about this. And uh, like I said, you and I are very different politically, yet we're friends and we get along. And I get along with people like people sometimes ask me, damn, you're friends with that guy that is an atheist and you're a Christian? I'm like, yeah, I could care less. I judge people based on their character. But I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, that um uh who was it? It was uh Martin Luther King. He gave a speech saying the same things that you were saying about financial freedom, and then the week after that they kill him. Well sure, absolutely. See, we're we're coming for our check. Yeah, and absolutely. then and then every <laughs> single ignorant person in the country, and I'm talking about all kinds of races, they said that they kill him because he was black. He was black before they killed They knew he was black. I mean, he never <laughs> hid from anybody. <laughs> and they said he'd kill him because he's black. But I, my personal belief, they kill him because he went out there. He gave a speech one week talking about financial independence for his people. Mm-hmm. And that didn't yeah. sit well with the establishment. And the establishment said he has to go. Yeah. Well, he, he kind of knew that. He, I think he even admitted that. I, I think I may have left my people into a burning
0: building. Yes. You know? See, see here's, here's the thing. See, 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 power has never respected weakness, never has and never will. Power respects power. So when you're going around begging people, don't shoot us, don't do this to us, don't marginalize us, that's never going to work. You know, the white man's never going to give you a seat at his table. <laughs> he's just hes just not. That, that, that's not. that doesn't make any sense. So whatever you want, you're going to have to take it in a forceful way. And then people will respect that. Yeah. You know, it's like a puppy dog. Yeah. You know, everyone loves the puppy dog that, that, that licks them and then begs at him, right? But, you know, but that one that's growling, oh boy, yeah, I think i better about to keep my distance, you see. <laughs> and, and that, you know, and that's where I fall in line that, you see, I ain't no dog, but I keep my fangs long and sharp, Okay? Right. And in other words, I ain't to be played with. And you have to let people know where you stand. And that's what it comes down to, man. With,
1: with anything in life. So you basically... what real about Trump, you know? He,
0: you know, this guy, he, he knows how to get attention. Oh, and boy. he knows
1: how to play the game, you know? He, ooh! But but he can't play the game no more because the establishment does not want him in there. Yes.
0: See, and that's what I've been telling people, that they've pre- Well, what about this? And, uh, and don't you understand the, the, the force that put him in there? Mm. He was put in there to reverse everything that Obama did. That's what his role was, okay? And once they didn't have any use for him,
1: they, on they him. got rid of him. Yeah, they turned on and him.
0: They got, yeah, absolutely, they turned on him. Fast. See, but all they had, had to do was keep his mouth shut. And he probably would have won. Probably. See, when you're going around saying stuff about John McCain and now you wonder how you lost Arizona, uh, duh. Yeah, just keep your mind, he's just, he's, he's uncensored, he's unfiltered, he's not presidential-like. And that's why the establishment said, well, look, we, we've gotten what we can out of you, you know, now it's, it's time to move on. See? You know, so I said, it doesn't pay to, to, to kiss these people's ass, especially for black folks. You don't want to die a coon, or a coon dies a thousand deaths. Nobody even knew Herman King was dead. You know i no, yeah. not even. Know. You know, I, I got a good friend of mine. He's, uh, he's my dog veterinarian, uh, and Rick follows politics. And uh-huh. I was, you know, hey, you know, uh, Herman Cain passed. He said, Herman Cain is David and Rick follows politics. He didn't even know. See, we'll be talking about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Nigga, and we'll be talking about these guys a hundred years from now. Yeah, yeah. Herman Cain is there, no one
1: even knows. But let me tell you that <laughs> what when, when I was in a room with him, I was working by the way, I don't belong to high society. God that <laughs> all all older uh, white people were gravitating towards him. It was something incredible to see. A friend of mine, a friend of mine, a coworker and a friend of mine, he happens to be a black gentleman and we're very sarcastic in our private life, me and him. And, you know, we have a relationship of friendship and we're close. And he he elbows me and he's like, you think if I start dancing in here and and tip the tap dancing, they would give me the same attention that they give him? Because they were just flocking towards him, but nearly salivating. They loved the man. So when I when he died, I thought they were going to give him a." People would be. They would make something bigger. I don't know if it had to do with election. Oh! The fact that he died of COVID and they didn't want to talk about yeah. it. No, no, no. I sound, I sound like Kamala Harris. No, no. <laughs> you ever see that clip? You know. I say, yeah. You know, are you going to do things specifically for Black people? No. I ain't gonna do that,
0: you know? <laughs> No. The, but see, but see, here's the thing. Okay, and this is why again, you you don't want to be a coon because you see when 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 the. the Them. So, why would you want to do anything to try to cover their favor? Because they're going to toss your ass to the side, too. Ask Stacey Dash. Ask Diamond and Silk. See, they don't work for Fox News anymore. That's no use for them, so they got rid of them.
1: Yeah, they got rid of her. Amorosa, another one. Yeah, you know, she's trying to sling She's trying to her ass back to the. See, I
0: was, I was, the, I was the, um, I, was, I, I, I was the play person that sat by the, you know, the spook by the door. I, no, 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 no. We don't need you now, honey. We don't need you now. You go back over there. <laughs> See, they have nowhere to. They have nowhere to go now. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, no, no, no. We we we, we don't need you. <laughs> you know. Television
1: won't take her in the first place. Yeah. Hey, don't play, but you see, the thing is, we will do things like that. That's why Stacey Dash
0: was on TV talking about, "Oh well, I don't think, I don't think we should have a Black History Month," and because you know all this stupid ass shit. And and you never ever hear anybody from the other side saying things like that. Like to this day, and you might be the first one, but I have never come across a white person condemning
1: uh that guy that shot Trayvon Martin. Was, what's his name? Um, George George Zimmerman, Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. See, because they stay
0: on code. Right, folks. they stay on code. And we don't have a code. And a code is the way you do something
1: over and over. But you know, George Zimmerman, Hispanic, he's not
0: white. Yeah, but see, and and that's not a fallacy, you see. Hispanic is white. Oh, okay. Hispanic is white. Look it up. They were considered white way back when, see, so, yeah, so there are only two types of people. You see, you you have the white supremacist and the non-white. Simple as that. Simple as that. You know, but you don't see anybody, anybody see anything bad about them that's of the white persuasion because their own code. They know the system that they're in. I don't know if you saw a young lady up in New York. This was probably, I think, a month or so into the pandemic. She was walking her dog. And this black guy was bird watching, which is hysterical.
1: Yeah, so, I've seen the video. I've seen the video. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, just listen to her. See now, she she may have never used the n word. She may have dated a black guy. Blah blah blah. But listen to her. When it when it comes down to separate the meat from the bones, get away from me. I'm going to call the cops and tell them it's an African American that's out here. With me. In other words, that was cold. Yeah, so yeah. Get away from me! I'm going to tell him there's a nigger out here. <laughs> see, that's what she was telling him. See, she knows the system that she's in, and like I said, she may be friends with black people, but all the kind. Of, but she knows the system she's in, and she knew how to be on code. You see, and that's the problem. with A lot of black folks, we have we we, we get these damn nighttime nocturnal activities mixed up with our social issues. See, we lay down with these white people in bed with them and we get out of the bed confused. But they're not confused. You understand? Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Black guy goes to bed with an Asian woman, he gets out the goddamn bed wearing a goddamn uh, uh a samurai sword, a damn a bandana around his head with the rising sun on it. talking about he's half Asian now. See, they don't play that though. They know exactly what they say. Yeah. They're they're not confused. And you see that with us. Uh Lives matter. What about that black on black crime in Chicago? We, these our own worst enemy sometimes, Jim. You see, they just flip like a pancake. Mm. You know? It's, it's, it's sexual confusion. And when you get people sexually confused, you've got them in every other activity. Because we've got nine areas of activity that all revolve around racism, white supremacy, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law. Politics, religion, sex, and war—pick any one of them, and it all revolves around that. See, we can't get out of the system. None of us can. We're all in it. But when you have that sexual confusion going, brother, that's when you've got people. That's why they've got Billy Porter on the Grammy Awards wearing the dress. Because see, that's what the black man needs to start looking like. That—that's what you said, emulate, boy. You don't want to. You don't want you a white woman. And if you do, once you get together with Bruce Jenner, just just push those and balls to the side and go ahead. That's a, that's a woman boy. See, that's what you should be focusing on. That's what they want to push on us. Because yeah. we're the only ones who can reproduce. You dig? Yeah. See, your subconscious picks up more than your conscious mind, brother. When you look at a man in office for eight years, his mother is white. But when you saw him, you saw a black man. Because when you put a black and a white together, you don't get mixed race and mulatto and all this other bullshit. You get a black. Black is just a very dominant gene. And they don't want that. See, no one wants to talk about the truth with this stuff. We all stick our head up our ass and try to look the other way. But the truth is, white people are afraid of self annihilation. By uh, genetic annihilation, rather, by us. Because they would disappear. If everybody started kumbayaing and hugging and kissing, white would disappear worldwide. Everybody's black, brown, red, or yellow. White is less than 10% of the population worldwide. And they know this. And they do not want to be pushed out. So they are all in the self preservation, which they should be. I'm not against that. But that is the issue, that, and that always has been. But they will not talk about it on any form that I watch. They won't. So we're gonna bring it up here tonight,
1: brother. So the new, How yeah, the that? the news, the news in this country, all raise aside or whatever. But the news in this country is pretty much that is also controlled by the elites. Is whatever they want Absolutely. you to, whatever they want you to hear. That's, that's correct. Wow. That's and it's it's sad what the news has become in this country. CNN is a joke. Fox News is a uh, is a uh, well they they don't have a spine over there. Um, MSNBC <laughs> is just the entire uh, far left. See, I don't like I don't like far far right. I don't like far right, and I don't like far left. I like like right. in the middle. <laughs> it, Which, but you know but it, it's like anything in life. Uh, you know what the what the best kind of taxes are? The ones you ain't got to pay. Ones, that yeah, that's how we are. Yeah. Those are the best see, ones. See, <laughs> <laughs> see that, so those those are the, ones, are the ones you don't have to. that's somebody, you know. So yeah, I know what you're saying. Everybody wants to put a spin on things, but you're right. At one time, the media was the media, and they would cut the pie right down the middle. Yeah. But that just doesn't that doesn't exist today because. You know hey, someone's gonna get their feelings hurt and it's it's it's, it's unbelievable That's yeah going I watched I, I, I was watching a video a clip because I don't watch I don't watch them unless I want some comedy but Don Lemon and the brother of the man over there in New York uh, the, the the one that uh, Fredo uh, what's his name uh, Chris Cuomo mm-hmm. and basically like they don't have any guests for that week or that that series of shows so they started like basically role playing I'm like how can you be a uh, Oh yeah a host of a of a news station, and you can't get guests you have to role play with one another one host of one show role playing with another that's sad yeah yeah because, because it's all entertainment now man it's all,
0: it's all about numbers, and if anything is real, they're not going to do it you know they just they they they'll, they'll skirt around the issue and, and talk in platitudes and all that kind of stuff, and nothing comes to fruition but but it, it sounds it sounds good. You know, look, look. I'm from New Orleans, okay, and I can tell you when we got our first black mayor. God, I think that was '78 or so. Everybody was excited, you know. You know, you know, black mayor. You know, the leadership, blah blah blah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, he took care of his friends. He took care of his friends, and that and that trend continued with the next black mayor and the next one, and blah blah blah. And they always spoke in platitudes. That's just how the, the liberal side of the ledger does it. You know, we should do this, that, and the other, but nothing comes to fruition. It's all sizzle and no steak. All right. I remember one time Al, Al Gore, when he was in office, he had an interview with the local radio guy, because, you know, New Orleans has this big WL radio station, like 50,000 watts, so it's already like, you know, 20-some-odd states at nighttime, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, like, you know, it was a big-time station. Anyway, he gets the, the interview with the vice president of the United States. And I want to say that was, I think that was maybe uh, 96 or something like that. So, you know, and, 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 and Gore is saying, yeah, you know, but yeah, it was 96. He's like, yeah, because by the year 2000, we want to see a computer on every desk, every child that's in the public school system across this country.
1: Well, who in the fuck is going to disagree with that? Nobody. But that's not going to happen. That's not reality. And that's what I'm saying. That's
0: how they talk about, see, look at their intentions. You know, it's just, it's a stupid statement to make. Well, who would disagree with that? Of course, we want to see everybody get education, everybody get a computer, but that's not the reality of life. You know, they're not going to pay to put a computer on every day. You know, but their intentions were there, that's what I'm saying. That's how they do things. That's how they play the game. They intended to do the right thing, you know, but we just fell short.
1: But we need to know why we fell short. We need to fix that problem. We need to correct that. That's what we need to do. You know? But anyway, I'm sorry to get on a tangent. No, but no, no. I, but that I mean, we that, had to talk about New Orleans and, and some funny stuff and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Once I get wound up, I but, have to kind of ask me to stop. But with a, with, a, with a black man running... Uh, well, it's Black History Month, so let's not even... Mm-hmm. That's... that's uh... That's a, a an interesting topic, life in New Orleans, because it's a fascinating city, beautiful. But how was it when you oh, were a God. kid growing up there? It Was as fascinating no. as as we see it when we uh when we travel there, or it is as dangerous as you hear that that I've met people from there that tell me my city's no joke, it's referring to New Orleans. People that grew up there. Right, right.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. It, you don't notice anything um in, in, until you leave, until you get away, until you experience your other cultures. You know, I. You know, born and raised there, never lived anywhere else, and, and was there for forty years of my life until the hurricane hit. And, you know, I came out to Austin. You know, right white knuckles on the steering wheel, I didn't know where the hell I was going, but I, I knew Austin was the capital of, of Texas. So. Yeah. Uh, but you you find out how different it is in other parts of the world once you leave New Orleans. New Orleans is its own animal. It's, it's it's a unique place. It's um the, the city itself. It's it, it, it's a shiny apple. But it's rotten to the core, you know, with, with the corruption, the politics, and all the bullshit. Uh, every year, my man, they're going to get that city back on track financially, you know, the local government. Well, you've got uh, January. Well, hell, that's the Saints' playoff uh, games, and you got the Sugar Bowl college uh, championship games, whatever. So it gets pushed back to February. Well, February, that's the Mardi Gras season. That kind of the tails into March a little bit. So let's, let's, let's get to it in April. And in April, you got the French Quarter Festival. Uh, well, shit, what about May? Well, May is the Strawberry uh, Festival in Ponchatoula. Uh, June, July, and August is too hot to do anything. So we we'll get to it in September. Well, September is the beginning of the football season. You know, those Saints, who that? Uh, October is the gumbo festival. Uh, October is also the voodoo festival. Uh, well, should we get to November, but well, that's you know Thanksgiving, and then we got you know Christmas in December. Oh, fuck it, they just, they just never get to it. It's, it's too many fiestas. That's the problem with the city of New Orleans. Is too many fiestas. Yeah. And when I came here to Austin, I saw that. You know, just how people. They basically they take care of business. They don't have any pending holidays coming up and things like that. They take care of business, you know. But you know, it's just that, that it's a hard place to live. If you've got some money in your pocket, oh yeah, New Orleans is beautiful, man. You know, because you're you're not around the crime, you're not around all this stuff. But if you're one of the one of the working schnooks like I was, you're you're in the midst of all of that. Sure. And it's just a hardship to live there. If people just don't understand that because they romanticize it. Yeah. Like yeah. I romanticized. When I went to Jamaica, I romanticized Jamaica from what I saw in, in, in literature and TV and things like that. I, I had this idea about Jamaica. Shit! Until I got to Jamaica, oh my God! You're talking about a third world country. Oh man, there's no interstate there. You got to
2: go to the worst parts of Jamaica to get to the get to the compound that you're staying at, which is all of it. Yeah. It is just abject poverty. Man, get me the, man, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a scary place. And New Orleans can be that way as well, but you know, beautiful people. That city has a beautiful it has a Spirit, it has a it has a it, a flavor there. Yeah. You know, when you when you when you go there, so yeah, that all is there. It's like but nowhere I mean, else on earth. Absolutely, I, I will say that. Yeah, I would agree to that. But just I'm just saying, trying to live there and survive the stuff is just
0: it's, it could be tortured at times. I yeah. will give you another quick example of. Uh, Back in, uh, God, I want to say maybe the late 90s, maybe early, yeah, late 90s when this happened, the uh, the, the school board superintendent was a military colonel or captain, some kind of bullshit like that, you know, real rigid type guy, really had no position having that job, truth be told, but, you know, he was a friend of the mayor, so he got the job. All right, well, someone uncovered a scandal. His father was working for one of the schools as a janitor. Making about eighty grand a year. Okay, well, you know, you know, heads are gonna roll. And this is this is big news, right? So they called a press conference, and that that guy got up there and you know, rambled for about ten fifteen minutes, and finally, someone asked about his father. He said, "Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Dad's been working uh, too much overtime. I gotta really talk to him about that and waved it off and up the podium." But you see. If 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 you're there, you have to either laugh at it because if you don't laugh, you will start crying. You see why all the the, the the schools in disrepair, no air dilapidated buildings. You know the kids don't have any supplies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, the, the, but the challenge is making eighty grand a year. Wow. You see, in other words, the, the 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 message is you have to be on the inside of the system to steal and get over. You see? Wow! And that was another press conference. Any other place, that guy—they would have found him. He would have been hung. Sure. I mean, right there on the spot. You, nothing. None, I mean, but that's see. That's how it goes there. That's how it works. And once you realize that, you know, you just have to either you have to understand it and try to survive it the best way you can. You know, or or to just drive you crazy. So one year, with the uh, police superintendent? Uh, the, the crime was, uh, this was back in the early 90s, man, you know, New Jack City and all that kind of shit, that crack cocaine, it was dying once a day in, in the city. Yeah, it was bad. And, um uh, yeah. the, the, the superintendent said, yeah, well, you know, in, in the summertime, you know, the, 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 because of the hot temperatures and humidity, the, the crime has a tendency to go up. What? Any other place, you know, they would just hang you for saying something like that. Oh, so, so because it's 102 degrees, that means you have a chance of dying. You know, by somebody robbing you you know, it's, it's laughable to an extent but it's very sad at the same time and how do you put those things in what compartment do you put that stuff in so you can survive so the people with money yeah, they send their kids to private schools they live in gated communities See, gated communities were not a big thing when I was a kid you know you yeah. shouldn't have that but not you have that now if you've got a couple of pennies in your pocket you're going to pay they have a car at the gate, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So, um, but yeah, but the city is something else. I, I you know the food is unbelievable. I, you know, I, I recommend
1: people go there all the time, you know, when I when I talk to them. But, it's um, a place yeah. so, inc- culinarily, it's so incredible that you can even go to a gas station, especially that gas station okay. Brothers, and you can have the yeah. most incredible yeah. fried food platter or a po' boy yes. and... I mean, they have the ability to do something. And I've worked in kitchens and I've worked around food my whole life. Yeah. And they have, in yeah. New Orleans, the ability to do something that no one else in the world can do. For some reason, they can use a fryer excessively and not ruin the oil. You never eat something that tastes like bad oil in New Orleans. And I've been to holes in the wall. How they yeah, do it, I don't know. have been to, We've got a place down there called Dragovich's, you
0: know, Drago's, uh, Dragovich's family and they bought those arches are crispy but not greasy Um, oh my god unbelievable but yeah they they know how to do it just right man Mm. so you got you got to give them thumbs up there so that's why uh, i go back you know three four times a year you know before the pandemic and i've got to hit all my eating spots you know know, my mom my mom gets upset all i cook for yeah i know but i got to go to my spots you know because i don't have that in in Austin, you know um you know, the, the food out here, people, they think they think there's good food and awesome. But I said, you have no idea. I mean, and when I first came in, my lawyer took me to a restaurant downtown. I said, are you sure this is a restaurant? <laughs> this, this, this this smells like a shoe store. You know, there's no there's no smell. You know, and, and in New Orleans, man, you walk into a restaurant, you, oh yeah, you you know you are in a restaurant. Yeah, you know you are you know you are in a restaurant, man. Mm-hmm. And, and like I. Like, like, like I tell you, like I said in my routine, man, you go to that swamp room and get that hamburger. And like I say over over that door where they can put a KKK bumper sticker, area nation flag, or re-elect Trump, I'm walking <laughs> right through to get to that hamburger. I'm walking right through, man. I, I, I know Black Lives Matter, but damn it, my stomach matters right now. That's how good that hamburger
1: is, man. Wow. You and know what it is? The The yeah. griddle. Yeah. Yeah, they probably got an 80-year-old griddle.
0: Yeah, or they, they've got something there, remember. There are a lot of places like that, but they just, again, in those places, you know, those are the places that have that flavor I was telling you about, you know, uh, the, the spirit. It's not just about going to the swamp room, it's going to your favorite spot to get a pole boy and, you, and you're greeted by Miss Doherty, and when she waves at you, you know, her own waves back because she's as wide as you are tall. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, you know, you, know it's just, you, you feel that family type of atmosphere, and, um, That's one thing I had to make the adjustment when I came to Austin was that, you know, people are basically, you know, they're they're about business. I mean, I could, and look, in New Orleans, I can go to someone's house with my regular work as a paramedical examiner, and it's just to collect a blood and urine sample. Now, you know, in theory, I should be out of that person's home in, you know, 15 minutes, right, maybe 20 at tops. Man, you could be there talking for the next forty-five minutes to an hour with a person about something. You know, it, 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 it's just just the the spirit of the people there. Yeah. You know, and and I just I describe it this way: it's like you you go to a Mardi Gras parade or go to a parade during the Mardi Gras season, and you're you're fighting with the person next to you over the, over the beads and the balloons. You know, what I mean, you're pushing back and forth. And, and That's for me. I got this one, and when it's all over, you look at the person. and you know, yeah, what's your name? Uh, Trevor, Why don't you come on back to the house, man? Have a beer with me. You know, is that it, New Orleans has that type of vibe? Yeah. Okay. When I came here, you know, I so I had to make that adjustment because it was culture shock for me working in a different market. You know, people were they were polite to me, and they were fascinated to hear my story because I didn't leave on Hurricane Katrina. I was I was one of the people stuck in my home, and I was in my attic for seventeen hours got pulled out by the, you know, by the wildlife and fishery, and taken to the soup dome for three days, and, you know, this, that, and the other, my dad was in a nursing home, he died during the hurricane, so all this trauma, right, yeah. so, when they would find out that I was at the at soup dome for three days, you know, people, they want to hear the whole story, you know, so i tell them a little bit about, you know, abbreviated version, and, uh, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd look up and say, okay, well, Wow, that, that's terrible! But it, like, I gotta get back to work now.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I, I call it professionally
2: friendly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know that's that, oh, that's so sad. But it, you know, look, look at the, the, the you know the
0: clock is calling. <laughs> so I had to make that adjustment. That you know, just get in there and do your job, and, and and get out. You know. So that that's one thing I do miss about the city is that it it has that type of vibe to it. Whereas other places, it's it's just about business people. You know, I mean, they're 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 they have sympathy for me, you know, for my situation. Yeah. Uh, but that's about as far as it's going to go, you know. And you know, so yeah, you know, so it, it, it was just culture shock going into a, a new market and trying to get established and starting life over again. And and I really didn't even give much thought to it, and because I I keep busy so much. I don't know if you watched the video. Of, of me with
2: the car and everything all yeah. the
0: miles I have on it,
2: yeah. You know, but when I first got here, man, I, I Saturday is just usually a, a big day in my business, uh, you know, because not not many people want to work on a
0: Saturday, so that's when I can knock out 10, 12, 15 exams. Mm-hmm. But one this particular Saturday, I, had, I finished up early for some reason, and I I got back to my place. I want to say like around one o'clock, and everything stopped. 'Cause I just I was just so busy. I was I just was in survivor mode. Okay, well, okay, well I'll go to Austin, I'll live out there, I'll get established, you know, I, I just wasn't thinking about what happened to me, uh, from the emotional standpoint of view. But I got back to my place, I, I sat down and I I said, Oh my god, I said, I am living in Austin, Texas Because prior to that I bought my first home in New Orleans in two thousand four. But before I did that, I, you know, I was renting for a long time. And I never thought I would, you know, actually have a house, a home one day, right? Sure, sure. And, and here I am, you know, I think it was January, February of 2006. I'm in Austin, Texas, in a house that I own here. And I own a house in New Orleans, even though it was damaged, it was still my property. And I said, don't, I don't believe this shit. And, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. My my, my dad is gone. You know, I, I lost the property, uh, all my vending machines, my, my, my um, you know my my coke and drink machine, my snack machine business, all that was destroyed. And I looked around, man. I, I started crying like a damn baby. Wow. You'd have thought somebody shot a bear if he was outside my house, 'cause it all hit me. Yeah. You know, see, I didn't want to. I didn't want to think about all of that. I didn't want to think about my father going, and you know, now that I got I to gotta get stuff. I got to get another car because I lost the car, and now I got to take care of business. I was just in this in this administrative uh,
1: mode because I, when I first came to Austin, I was living in the hotel, you know, through the FEMA deal. Sure. You know, and I, I just didn't think about
0: all those things. I had to keep moving. With well, a company out here, they had work for me. Okay, well, let's get me in a system. And, and it was just brutal with my work because, you know, I, I didn't know where the hell I was at. So I would get the book map out trying to go. My first apartment and didn't know where, what part of town I was in, didn't know where the second apartment was. You know, I didn't know where I was at, you know. And it, it was, you know, so, you know, it, it was a lot of stress, but at the same time, I, I wanted to know the lay of the land. I want, and that's the only way to learn is Just, you know, throw me into the five years, the only way I was going to learn the area. Yeah. And it, so, yeah, it took me about six, seven months, and I'm like, okay, this is my town. Or I knew exactly where I was at, man. I would just, boy, at nighttime, i get so
2: scared because I knew where I was at, you know. Yeah, I <laughs> remember. You know, you know. Okay, I remember the, uh, yeah, I remember
0: the Burger King calling over there, you know, just trying to get back, you know, and the people were so nice to me, you know, but it, it's just, man, I don't recommend it, you know, I wouldn't put my worst enemy to what I went through, you know, And you know? um but you're like, you know, again, I didn't, I, you know, I survived, but at the same time, I, I persevered, you dig? You did, you did. And that's how you learn things about yourself in times of adversity, what are you going to do, and you know, it's like, it's, it's it's just easy to stay there and, and, and try to work through it. And I, I didn't want it anymore. You see, and, and my mom understood because she you know, I was in my attic for 17 hours. You know, I uh, I I just I didn't want to deal with that trauma anymore. I wanted to get away from that, you see. Yeah, yeah. And I should have left. I should have evacuated, but I didn't. Because I was just, you know, oh, you know, this thing's gonna pass, it's no big deal. You know, it'd be okay. And, and my mom, her, her and her husband, they're dead. You know, dad evacuated. My sister did. So I'm like, oh, I'll be okay. And and it was okay. I had a little bit. There was some rain. And I had an apartment and behind my house. I had like a mother-in-law apartment. And I went back there when the storm got hot and heavy. And it tore the roof off that thing while I was back there. So I said, oh, well, okay, I lost the back apartment. So I went back into the main house. And everything seemed okay after about an hour. And I had this cat. Because cats take water. And she yes. came running up the... I said, what the hell's wrong with you, Missy? I looked, well, there was a trail of water following her. I looked, I looked, and I went to the window. I pulled the curtain back. It was as if someone had taken my house and sat it in the lake. That's how high the water was. Wow. I'm thinking, oh, well, shit. So, you know, I, I, you know I'm in my house. I got a pair of shorts on, a t-shirt, you know, and no shoes on. So I'm trying to I'm trying to find my shoes, and I grab the cat and we go up into the attic and we're up there for 17 hours but I was watching the water just come into the house and I said well shit if it comes up into this attic that's it I'm gonna I'm gonna tie myself to one of these beams cause I rather really didn't find my carcass in the attic than me trying to survive on all
1: that water I didn't get washed out you know to, to nowhere you yeah know? yeah some yeah people did get washed. there are some people that are still missing to this day and they think they got washed out to the ocean know? yeah absolutely oh yeah they'll never okay, find rather, them they'll never find them so i said i'd rather stay right here you know so fortunately, it, it it tapered off like a
0: foot before it would come into the attic and i i just sat up there me and me and me and my dog me and my cat you know yeah and um Oh, so, so when I, I got pulled out my neighbor saw me there and then when he got pulled out by the wildlife and fishery he said that guy in that yellow house go get him And that guy came and got me. I stepped onto that boat from the attic. I got on laterally.
1: That's how high the water was. You know, he was in the boat. I just stepped onto it. You know. Not to mention they got they got gators. They got gators down there the size of hippos. Oh yeah.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: So Jimmy, when when did you um when did you uh because I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. When it comes to comedy, I've always thought that you guys are geniuses. I had a guy here uh, in the show, a great guy, uh, Mark Dawizia. He's wrote some great books. He's an actor. He's a professor. And um, he said, he was telling me how when you write short stories or any kind of story, every single word matters. And for me, he said how important and how difficult it is and all that. But for me, you know, I've always viewed comedians as geniuses because you're out there you have to execute flawlessly i don't like a guy like 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 chris rock i don't know how the hell that guy does it he just pits it it's like a it's like a machine gun coming out of his mouth pop, 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 one joke after the other for an hour and a half no break well with, yeah with chris rock it just he has he can make up to me comedy is basically it's, just, it's observations on things and like that's all it is so that's your interpretation yeah that, that's all it is like uh see chris rock he's telling you his experiences as
0: a black man mm. okay now there are people in my family oh, i got this cousin cousin maria oh my god she she made chris rock look like an amateur and, but, but she's serious you know she's just talking shit and you're laughing your ass off and she is serious every bit of the way you just oh, she's hysterical man but he's just telling people his observations are on life. Like he's got this one joke about, he says a one legged white bus boy would not want to trade places with him. And he's rich. And then he starts hopping around on the stage. Yeah, I'm i I'm a ride this white thing out. Well, you see, because he has experienced these things as a black man, Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's a, it's a very funny joke, but you see there's a grain of truth. Into, and then what he is saying that, you know, it's, if, and, and white people look at it. As long as I'm white, I'm gonna be okay, you know, because I'm in, you know, I'm in a system, you know. So that's what he does. But he has a way of telling it that is extremely humorous and has you on the floor laughing your ass off. But he's not making this stuff up. He's, you know, he's just he's just telling you his story. And that's why he that's why he's the number one guy. Because he's, he's been through the bullshit. That's why Richard Pryor was the number one guy for years, because Richard was telling you his life story. Yes. See, he tried to be like Bill Cosby when he came. A lot of people don't know that. Richard Pryor used to wear the sweaters, and he was clean. And he, I mean, clean-shaven, and he, he loved Bill Cosby. See, and back in those days, for a black comedian, you didn't if you got discovered by a white person, that's when you made it. Like Dick Gregory. Um, Bill Cosby, those people got
1: discovered uh, by the guy that used to own Playboy, that's, what's his name, that Playboy guy, Hugh Hefner. He, Hugh Hefner. Okay. And, and, when, and when they saw you, they put you in the, the mainstream clubs
0: and you could no longer do stand-up for black people because the black people couldn't afford to come see you at yeah. those clubs. You mm-hmm, understand? Mm-hmm. You did what they call the Chitlin Circuit. as a black comic. Red Fox did a bunch of those things in, back in his day. Okay. So, Richard Pryor's time came. He said, well, Richard, hey, Dean Martin's in the audience tonight. You know, this could be it for you. And Richard Pryor walked out there, looked at the audience, scanned it, and he said, fuck it. And he walked off. Because he had his epiphany. See, he had his epiphany. He he, he didn't have a PhD like Bill Cosby. House, and he had this epiphany that he cannot continue to be someone else, and that's why I love comedy because it is the boldest form of art out there to get on stage with a mic and spit game at somebody for 15 minutes. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite one of my favorite musicians is Rick Springfield. You know, Jesse's girl. You know, I went to one of his concerts a couple of years ago. He's singing the same old songs. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not shitting on Rick, you know. I mean, you know, but he's made his mark. You know, he's got, you know, but you know, he, you know, he, he's got that same set of, of songs that he's going to sing from now until he, you know, gives it up. Because so you can't do that in comedy. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's the boldest art form there is out there to get, to be able to convey and keep someone's attention for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, talking about things in life that we've all experienced. It's, it's it's incredible man that you guys can do that you know but Richard Pross, yeah, that's not me I'm I'm not I'm not Bill Cosby so when he emerged two three weeks later in San Francisco he was who he was he told his story and he took off like a rocket like a rocket because it was all this stuff with his with his family and you know the June bug and all these different characters and stuff and you know, just telling his life story, and the shit was hilarious. You know, he would he would make these observations about things in life, and he just told you his perspective from a from a black man. Yeah. You know, and everything is relative. See, if, see, if I was to wake up tomorrow morning, Tiger, as a white woman, I'd be devastated, right? <laughs> 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 not that not that being a, a white woman is a bad thing, but it would be for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, so so that's all that's all it is, man that's all it is and and to to be you know the, the comedy is easy it, it really is I yeah. mean some of this should just write some of the stuff just writes itself, okay you know what anyone's listening you know they will give them some tips the secret to being a comic all you have to be is interesting, mm. That's all. You have to be interesting. You have to have a story. See, anybody can tell a joke. Why the chicken crossed the road, blah, blah, blah. Anyone can tell that. But can you be interesting? I would pay money to hear Chris Rock read the damn names out of the
2: damn phone book. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because he would find some
0: humor in that. Rabinowitz? What the hell is a Rabinowitz? Someone got robbed. Yeah, you know, he would. You know, he would just find a way to make it entertaining. He would be interesting about the way he would tell it to you. That's what it is, man. And he's, some of these guys have been through hardship. Now, not everybody has to go through that kind of stuff. Like Richie Pryor, don't, don't read me wrong on that, you know. But the things that Chris Rock went through, you see that 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 mold shaped him to where he's at right now. You know, and that's why if you've ever heard him tell that story about how he used to work at Red Lobster. Yes. You know that was his, that was his job. That was his life. Oh, you know, you get you get the word at ten o'clock. You you know, you washing dishes, scrape scrape, 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 scrape. Pretend not to look at your watch. You, you end up looking at your damn watch. Oh shit! It's only ten fifteen, and that's yeah. how it is on a job. <laughs> you know, so he can make those observations because he's been in those situations. You know, and if he hadn't. I don't know what type of comedian he would be if he would have been one at all, because he admitted in an interview that 1980, I think 85, 86, he said if you would have came to him and offered him a job paying eight bucks an hour, he probably would have taken it and not told another joke. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, because that's where he was. No, you know, no, Jerry Seinfeld, his life is completely different. Completely different. You know. A, you know, proper upbringing, went to the right school, got a good education, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So, you know, but, but the guy's still funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, so not everybody has to go through that through that road. And that's what I try to tell these young comics, you know, you know what the hell do I know? I've only been walking this earth for 56 years, you know. <laughs> you know cause they want, because they want to, Monday they want to do a, an open mic. On Wednesday they want to do a showcase. And by Friday they want to be on Jimmy Kimmel. Life doesn't work that way.
1: It doesn't. You understand? That's right. You you can't you can't
0: dictate something like that. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you don't know where road it's going to happen. In other words if you go to a university. Okay, now you're up there in what? Charlotte?
1: Yeah. Okay, so you was it? UNC up there? Or North UNC. Carolina, okay. UNC. Okay, okay yo, yo, there you go. Okay, you go there, you take a couple of classes, and in four years they give you they give you a, a sheepskin that says
0: you're a CPA now. That's a path. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, it is what it is but in comedy it, it, it just doesn't work that way in that in that business and they don't understand that because everything's been handed to them and given to them all you poor little thing you know now my story is a perfect example of that did you see the posting i had up for last Wednesday they opened up for a guy
1: um named david lucas yes yes okay well, there's a place here called Antoine. That's you know, you know, it's a, kind of the, it's a New Orleans type style place.
0: You know, all of all of old time music and black. You know, it feels like New Orleans is out of place, and it's, it's it's a venue. You know, for, for musical acts, comedy. It's it's pretty high on the charts. Okay. Well, this guy's feed came across my Facebook feed because I'm part of the Austin comic groups and stuff. So you know, you see stuff that comes across the feed, and I saw this. You know, I never heard who the hell was David Lucas. I don't know this guy from from you know, Man on the Moon. And I thought he was going to be here in Austin, you know, doing something called a big-ass comedy show. You know, know, good for him. I saw it, didn't think anything of it, and, you know, a couple of days it was gone off my feet. But turn the page. Last Sunday night, I go to to this hotel doing the Uber and Lyft. I pick up this couple. It's it's him. Him and his girlfriend. Now, I didn't know who he was. I didn't look at him get into the car. You know, it it was nighttime they got in. Hey, how you doing? That was it. As I'm taking him to the destination, he's talking to her about something about L.A. and buying a house maybe in Austin, you know, going back and forth and blah, 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 and the show. So I I said, excuse me, what do you do for a living, man? He said, I'm an entertainer. I said, what kind of entertainer? You know, know, he he might be in porn,
1: I don't know. know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He said,
0: "Um, uh, stand up comedy." I said, yes, that's where I know you from. I said, you're going to be at Antoine's on Thursday." He says, yeah, man. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, why? I said, I said, well, I'm a
1: stand-up comedian. So I played him that clip that I think I sent to you. Yes, I got you it. Know? Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he, he listened to the clip. His girlfriend's laughing, but he's not. Right. <laughs> so he says, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, well, you know, just reach out
0: to us, man. But no, no problem. Sorry. Send him a DM. And um, he says, yeah, well, why don't you come over here Thursday night and open up for us? I see. I didn't plan that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't plan for that to happen. It's just, just you know, called coincidence or whatever. It just, it just happened. I met the guy. I played the clip. There, come on over Thursday. I had no intentions. Didn't know who the hell they David Lucas was. Wow. You know, six days earlier, and here I am at Antoine opening up for this guy, with taking pictures in the back, blah 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 blah. So it gets, it gets it gets even stranger. Okay. Friday, I pick him and his girlfriend up again. What are the odds of me picking him up twice? Twice. Twice. Of all the people in the city, over 10,000 Uber and Lyft drivers, you know, and, you know all the people we have in the city, what are the odds of me picking him up twice at the same hotel? And he gets in the car. We just started laughing. And um, so we became Facebook friends. He says, yeah, man, this is a hell of a coincidence.
1: I say, no, 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 there are no coincidences in this world. The Clintons taught us that. You know, know, I said, there's something else going on here. So I'm looking at his timeline. Speaking of time, hey, speaking of time, let me press a button. Let me press a button here and add another hour to this or half an hour, whatever you want to go. Okay. Give me a chance. Okay. Okay, proceed.
0: Well, I, I, again, I apologize, but I forgot to tell you that I'm part Indian, and my, my travel name is Chief Running
1: Mouth. I, I, I <laughs> now you're I, good. You're so. good. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you're in the okay, car. Well, I'm looking, I'm, you're in the car so with I, this comedian I, I'm, again. I'm, yeah. What's that? You're in the car, again, with this comedian. You got to yeah, pick him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, right. So, so yeah, you know, so I, you know, I dropped him
0: off at the next destination. No big deal. We're Facebook friends now. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, timeline, and I see he gives a shout-out to his mother. You know, happy birthday, Mom. You're, you're my inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And it's January 25th. So I sent him a DM. Hey, man, Um, uh, I noticed you, you know, say happy birthday to your mom, but it's posted on the 25th. Is, uh, is, was that just posted on that date or is, is her birthday on the 25th? He, he pops back, yeah, her birthday's on the 25th. Okay, are you ready for this? My mom's birthday is January 25th. Wow. No, no, you're know, I see. I, I can't
1: even figure out what the hell this means. It, but it's just so it's just so spooky. Yeah, you know, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: that, yeah, 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 yeah. And my mom has the same, the on the, the, the same, uh, same uh, birthday, the same month, the, the same. It's just, it's hilarious. It's things like that. My point is that you, you know, I tell these young comedians you're chasing the stuff all ass backwards. Well, what do you mean by that? You, it's it's like winning the lottery. You chase it until it catches you. In other words, you don't buy a lottery ticket every Wednesday at 915 because, you know, the, 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 there was a full moon the night before, and you, 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 don't, you just buy a ticket. Yeah. That's it. Just buy a ticket. So, you know, that's why I say chasing it until it catches you. You have to be out there. Now, 2018, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show Dallas. Yeah, um, I don't remember DR. that. You
1: know, Sue Ellen, all those guys. Yeah right. Well, Ewing a, and uh, what's the name had, of the other one? Bobby. Yeah, exactly. So they had a, they had a
0: forty year reunion. Okay, the actual the ranch on the outside that's that's right outside of Dallas. That, that's in um Parker uh, Parker Texas. Okay, so I went to the
1: reunion because I'm a huge fan of uh, of Dallas. Love yeah, I, I, I watched the reruns. Just, oh god, just just great TV man we don't
0: have anything like that today, you know. So, so I go to the 40-year reunion, you know, I'm there, and, and you know, and, then and, and man, you talk about accents. Oh, my God, I feel like people make fun of my New Orleans accent. The lady that was kind of hosting the event, I mean, it's like telling me clamping, alright you all right, y'all, welcome to Dallas. It's a <laughs> reunion. <laughs> I told her she sounded normal, but to me, it was just, it was just, you know, oh, my God, it's just, it's like many Pearl and Ellie May had a child together, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I'm there, like you know, maybe one of a, uh, you know, one of ten black people. Okay, I don't give that. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show, you know. So, so you you get a you get a chance to take a picture with with, with Sue Ellen and Lucy and Bobby and Ray Craft. They were, you know they were only the four for uh, celebrities there from from the TV show, and I must have waited damn near four hours to get that picture taken. So. So I get up to the line, and you know I'm I'm, I'm tired too, so just like they are. And I I look around, and um and Lucy's about maybe I want to say maybe five, even at that. She's just real sharp, cute little chick. And um I p- put my aunt, my arm around him. I say, Good Lord! I say, no, I
1: haven't seen as many happy white people since Donald Trump won the election. What they said? They laughed. Lucy
0: laugh. literally, sh- <laughs> she literally shrunk another inch. Oh God! Please don't say that. <laughs> it was funny, man. So. So while, I, while I'm there, you know, I meet this guy who who picks up on my accent. And he's, uh, he says, are you from New Orleans Yeah, or He says, well, I am too. He's only at the event because his son has Down syndrome and his son's a, a, was a you know, fan of the TV show. You know, so he took him to the event for that reason. Wow. That's the only reason he's there. He, I mean, he knows about Dallas. Yeah. He doesn't even know the characters and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we just started talking and... And then we got into a conversation uh, about the race, because that's why I like to talk about my comedy. Race, religion, and politics, that's my subject, okay? And he says, you know, I do a radio show in New Orleans, but it plays in some part of Mississippi. I think Meridian, Mississippi, or someplace like that, right? He says, I've been looking for someone to talk about this issue with, and I think you're the guy. He says, people don't want to talk about race. You know, they just they just don't. It's like the old Dave Chappelle thing where he says, "You know, Bob, who you who you voting for?" The guy, no, 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 no. Dave, 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 Dave. Dave no, you know, who
1: you voting for? No, no. I'm not. Last night I was fucking my wife. You know, yeah. But who you <laughs> <laughs> talking about? Everything. No, but there, <laughs> These people people, don't, people are uncomfortable because you get blacklisted uh, in this country for anything. Yeah, yeah. anything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so he, I told himself, "Look, I'll be happy to be on your show."
0: To talk about whatever you want to talk about, if you want to talk about race, we'll we'll get into that. It, you know, it, be my honor. So the next night, because the the reunion was a two two day event, and the next night they were in another part of town. And if you had your picture with you, you can get it signed, um you know, by the stars. And so when when Lucy looked up and saw me, she just shook her head. And she signed it. So she will never forget who I am, which which kind of tickles me to no end, you know. Yeah. So while I'm there at the event the next night. The local news interviews me, you know, because, you know, it, cause I, but, you know well, I have a black guy here for this event. <laughs> I'm a big fan, so they, and I had, like, a two-minute interview with them. I don't know what station. It was not know CBS affiliates or something like that, you know, so yeah. I, I, I didn't even, you know, try to find it or anything like that. You know, so I go back to New Orleans and do the radio interview with this guy that I met there, and that was the same weekend Russell Mania was in town. So I went to Russell Con. And I, was... I met Stevie
1: Ray there. Oh no, uh, was okay. I? Was I there? Was that the one? How how long has this been? This was this one was in twenty eighteen. Oh, I was there. Okay. I was there. I was on yeah, Sa- Asadu's table. Yeah. yeah, well, I said, yeah, I'm from New Orleans. I,
0: said, I know the city, so I'll go back. You know, just, just for the Russell County. I didn't, I didn't go to the, I haven't watched you know, Russell in years. So, and that's where I befriended Stevie Ray. And I was just kind of bullshitting with him. I, you know, Stevie Ray, I'm talking to you, boy. I didn't know all that was on camera. And I said, Did you see Trish Stratus? He said, No, she's I, did. I said, Go look at her. I said, Good Lord, all these white women they they start off looking like uh, you know, Christy Branklin a week later that they look like um, you know, Roseanne Barr. They just age so fast, you know. <laughs> so he interviews me and he puts that in his video, you know, when, when he because he, he was interviewing all the wrestlers and whatnot, you know. Stevie Ray. So my, my point to what I'm saying is, mm. is me shortening up is that I didn't have any plans to go to Dallas, meet a, a, a guy that had a radio show playing in Mississippi, uh, do a local interview with the local media there, meet Stevie Ray. I didn't have plans for any of these things. But when you put yourself out there, things happen. Right. And whatever you whatever you want or wish for, if you put it out there, the universe will conspire to make it happen. Okay. Now it may not happen when you want, but it, but it will, and that's what I'm saying. I didn't plan for these things to happen. So for me, befriending Stevie Ray, you know, he would call me. You know, we talk shit from time to time, like we do on the phone. And I wish we could put some of those on the podcast.
1: But boy, we talk on the phone. It's just some funny ass shit with him. He's he's a funny guy. Where know? where where is he? You know? Uh, where is he? Uh, located at? He's a uh, he's not in in Houston, or is he in Houston? Yeah, he's he's in Houston. Oh, he's in, he's in Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So he he called me up. You know, about a month into the pandemic, and and told me what he wanted to do. Mm. You know, had this podcast four nights a week and that type of thing. And he said, "Yeah, he said yeah, I want you to be the comedian on uh, on Monday.'" I say, "You sure, man?" I say, no, no, I, I want you, you. You're a funny guy. You know." <laughs> I said, "You know." Mm. And um, I I just I didn't have plans for any of this type of stuff because I was kind of down in the dumps. My ex girlfriend had died from the virus in New Orleans and it really hit me hard Really? something happens. Yeah, man, uh that's kind of a, a funny story in in, in in a different way. Uh I used to date an older woman a long time ago. Uh-huh. And when you date an older woman, you know what happens? You end up finding a younger woman. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, she um she, she was, uh, you know, locked down on quarantine like 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 we all were and she didn't like it so she called her son up. And he said, well, I'll just come pick you up and we'll ride around the city for a little while, okay? And he gets over to the house. He says, you don't look so hot. And took her straight to the hospital. She's there for a couple of days, and then they finally gave her the diagnosis of the virus, so they wouldn't let him visit her
1: anymore. Yeah, they don't let you, yeah.
0: Right, and then they called him up one morning and said she caught it overnight, and she's gone. Yeah. Oh, I,
1: I I couldn't believe it. I, I was I was just. I stunned. mean, it it is it is uh it is uh, it is it is. I mean, like I I don't know. I lost my I lost one of my best friends like two weeks ago out of business. I saw you posting, yeah. Yeah, and you know I really love that guy because I'm I'm a very uh yeah. I'm a very difficult mm-hmm. person. I'm not somebody that everybody can like. And when somebody yeah, like I, that I, dies, I, it takes a part yeah. away from me. It takes something away yeah, from me.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that's why you not hit it off cuz I I'm I'm the same way. I'm a someone runs subscribe and they say you, you you know what uh, uh Jimmy they say you you're an easy person to like but
1: you're
0: even an easier person to dislike. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of my personality, you know what I'm saying? So,
1: now, but J- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Definitely. Jimmy, I don't want to uh, break out of subject, but let me ask you something. Do you drink alcohol? I just bought this thing today. I just had one because I was parched. I had a nice meal and I was parched. <laughs> and it's a Pabst Blue Ribbon, five percent volume alcohol hard coffee. Hard coffee. It's shaped like a blue moon. The can. <laughs> it's. Oh
0: yeah, you bring back some memories,
1: man. Why? <laughs> you drink? Oh, you used to drink PBR. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I still do. Pabst? Uh, yeah. Schlitz? Schlitz was the company in New Orleans. Yeah, Schlitz. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you drink the New Orleans uh, beers, man. Yeah, the very the, the thing that, the is not going to be out on this one. I think I was too thirsty, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, man. Well, listen, let me tell you this story, because uh, I know with your subject matter and all, um, you want to hear something about something. Tell you this one story. Um, there was a a mansion down in the um, central city part of uh, New Orleans, which is not a not a great location. It used to be a long time ago before they gentrified it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and this this house just sat there for the longest. It just you know it was run down, dilapidated.
1: Someone uh, hung a prostitute in the backyard. Got this was 89, 90. Whatever. Money disagreement. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you got it. You yeah. you you got it. So, yeah.
0: Anyway, turn the page. A couple of years later, the guy who owns the house, he takes out some life insurance. And I, I go to the, to do his exam. And there was a franchise, uh, TCBY Yoga or something. I can't think of how it was. You know, it
1: was a yoga shop. Yeah, that one is the and one. He yeah. Owned, he,
0: yeah, he, he owns one of them. Okay, and he was uh, he had purchased a house, the mansion, and he was going to make it a a B and B back in those days. Okay, and I'm looking around. Yeah, man, you got boy, you got a lot of work ahead of <laughs> you because the place is really run down. And he told me, he says, "Do you know Anne Rice?" Yeah, everyone knows Anne Rice in the city of New Orleans. We know who she is. Well, she wrote the book Interview with the Vampire that made yep. made into a
1: movie. Well, guess where he took. He took me to the room where they interviewed the vampire in the movie. Oh wow! Yes, he showed me the room.
0: Just come on up in and take you to it. He showed the, the right, the desk and everything right there. Said, this is where, this is where
1: you know the, 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 the Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, yeah. That's what they did. Like, that was the room where they interviewed the
0: vampire. I say, wow, get out of here, man! You know, so and I don't know whatever happened to that guy. I know the place was never you know renovated like he wanted to do it. Um, But yeah, so that that's my that's my brush uh, with you know with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and and Anne Rice in and, and a roundabout way that I was actually in
1: the room where they interviewed the vampire for the movie. For the, wow! You know, like yeah, man. So, but uh, they like, could probably make that, that some well, kind of a museum and people would pay to go see it. I I don't know. It, you know, it was pre- pretty basic. I mean, it wasn't like any you know uh, anything in the house. You'll be like, surprised you'd be surprised yeah I and mean, i don't know what he did you know it, it it probably could very well probably be on some type of historic preservation society type thing about yep. um you
0: know but but it's like yes yeah, so I, I was in that room you know like oh my have this you know so the things I, the things i've come across you know uh but that that's just one of the stories you know
1: is, uh, living in the world that i think I how about living in austin jimmy what is all of this about the uh the bats people go to the this uh this bridge to look at the bats yeah, it's the Congress Street Bridge.
0: Uh-huh. And every uh, this is predominantly in the um, you know latter part of spring, uh, all through summer, and uh, apparently that the bats come out. At a certain
1: time or whatever, and they fly, and the people look at it, and I—I I don't know. I've never, I've never seen the bats as I say, in stand-up. I—I've got, I, you know, I've got an ex mother-in-law and an ex-wife, so that's enough bats for me, you know. So, but, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, fascinated I, you know, by the that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, things for thanks for no things, is, you know. The, uh, bats carry disease, man. Yeah, people that's why I wouldn't. I don't want them around right. me. Yeah, I say I, I wish the bats would come out. Like that movie, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds. The birds, <laughs> and start <laughs> yeah, eating all birds, of them. You know? Yeah, yeah, and the, and the bats turn on people, and just they're running in the streets, cars
0: are crashing, you know, just total mayhem, total mayhem. And some liberal Austin group gets together and says, "Oh, don't, don't hurt the bats. <laughs> bat lives matter too." <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a it's a it's a very uh, liberal city, isn't it? Yeah, and, see, and that's that's another fallacy. They they
0: want to be, and and it's easy to make that claim because you're talking about a city of probably less than 12% black population, and the numbers get even smaller because probably 4% of the black population, they view themselves as as effective white people, so the numbers get even smaller. But no, it's easy to make that claim, but I will tell you in all honesty, I've, I've had more racial incidents in this city than I ever have living in
1: New Orleans let me add. I used to live around the corner from David Duke. Wow. Yeah, well, I would see him from time to time out there met in Metairie, Louisiana. You would see that guy.
0: the morning traffic, I would see him. Wow. Yeah, you know, and, and it was the funniest thing about that. David Duke lived on North White Street. I, I found that so funny. He put this the street was called White Street. <laughs> <laughs> North White street. They, That's what. Yeah, to have his headquarters
1: there for the National Association for the of White People. Yeah, did he, does he home. travel with uh, security? I imagine somebody like that, somebody wants to take a shot at him. Well, he's, he's gone through,
0: he's had plastic surgery, so, you, 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 know, you, you know, he's kind of, you know, if I saw him, I would recognize him, but I don't think he's at that level with somebody with uh, a,
1: you know, would want to do some type of harm to him or something like that, but he, he probably does have you know, some security when he travels, yeah, but,
0: that's... but he emerged when Trump was running
2: for office again, you know, he, he yeah, yeah to but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I've experienced more racism
0: here than I did in Louisiana living around the corner from him.
1: What is it? Like, they're like... Like, people get, like, scared when they see you, you know, walking down the street, or they no, get... No, like... no, no.
2: It's, it, 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 it's, it's more passive. It, it's not, you know, no one's gonna... No one's gonna call
0: you the N-word, but the way you're treated. Yeah. tell people have a certain feel about you you, you. you dig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And, um, you know, so... Yeah, I, I just encountered more of that out here. But they they want to have that banner as being a liberal city. But that's easy to say, you know. Again, when you don't have that populate like those the, the, the numbers numbers, let me see.
1: You said about Houston, where you're talking about what sixty percent black folk. Yeah, yep. See, yep. You, you see, what I'm saying. So it, it's easy to make that claim,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I like the I like the area. I like the
1: weather here because we get over 300 days of sunshine a year. You know? Oh, my God. I'm I'm dying yeah. here in this cold weather. Yeah, man. I know, I know man. I, I was going to come up here to North Carolina. You were going to yeah. come here to live? No, no. Just a just little chick I was dating here. Um, she moved there like overnight. And um, so I was going to go visit her. Uh-huh. Kind of a hilarious story. Yeah. Uh, she, she left me a message, you know, hey, maybe you can come do some comedy up here. Uh-huh. i could check around some places for you or i could take you straight to bed yeah so hmm so yeah, that message got me kind of you know fired yeah. up and i'm thinking about you know
0: okay well let me see if i get my my ass up there you yeah
1: know? well if you don't want to come and you need me to go help her move some furniture or do something something yeah
0: something. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, it's time the page she calls a month later she leaves me she called this time she got me in person she'll leave a message she uh yeah i'm dating someone now <laughs> don't show up uh yeah, yeah i don't think i'll uh, so she still wanted me to come visit i'm like no, yeah. that's, that's not gonna work honey if you're if you and if you and um leroy are knocking boots i don't oh no i told him all about you he, he thinks you and i, I don't get what he thinks I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in being yeah i'm not interested in being put in a precarious situation
1: yeah what happened uh, if leroy and, has a few drinks there one night and leroy <laughs> Breaks out a gun or some oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And she, and, and she was, yeah, she was just kind of she, yeah.
0: she was you no know, I, I say that about her. She was, she was a nice person, but then I, you know, it, it stunned being at first, and then I thought about it. I'm like, what the fuck? You met someone in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> people, people not, people not even shaking hands, and you, you knocking. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" Self. Do yeah, you
1: know that? Gotta... Do you know that the House of Ill Repute? Am I pronouncing that correctly, Jimmy? Yes, sir.
2: Yes,
1: sir. I, you know that they're open here in, <laughs> in Charlotte and in North Carolina, but the church at one yeah, point was closed. Thing here. Huh? The, the same. The same thing here. Oh and my I mean, God! Who would going to go to a strip club now? If you pay me, I wouldn't go. Yeah. And, and look, I tell you something. I I
0: picked up a guy one night from there with, uh, with, with the Uber lift deal, and and you know he came out, he had his mask on, he got in the car, and I I want so bad to question this guy. I just because I don't know what what's it like. I mean, are, are the dancers wearing you know masks too, and are, are they dancing six feet away, Uh how do you, how do you get a lap you know a, a lap dance? If you know, I, I had so many questions <laughs> and. Yeah, but I was afraid,
1: you know, because, you know, you get a rating from people when you pick them up and vice versa. So, I, you know, I didn't yeah, want to... Yeah, You know, I think I would have insulted the guy if I were to ask him questions. So, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask for... I didn't say a word or
0: anything so it But it's like, you know, just, it's just so bizarre to me, you know, that, that and, and under these times... Yeah. It, yeah. It, just, it just goes to show you. Now, you know, really, men, you know, I can understand men going to these places because men, we... See, we never need a
1: reason to have sex. We just need a place. Yeah, yeah. You see, basically... <laughs>
0: Basically, for your female listeners, ladies, we, men—we're just monkeys with shoes on our feet. You know that's what we are. You know, we, we we don't care.
1: You know, just just think if all if all the men in the world were in love with the same woman. Oh my God! Know, it, it'd be going well, to be terrible for the woman. The, the men would just take turns. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Pedro, what you doing over here, is Thursday? No, I got a Friday. You know, we, we just take we don't care, man. We would just take turns. That's why I hate that damn TV show, The Bachelor. The, the yeah, where the guy they got they do it for guys and then they do it for women too, yeah, right? I don't yeah, watch I don't watch regular television. It's, it's stupid for a
0: man. I'm gonna tell you why. No man is going to audition twenty five women. The man has already picked out the woman he wants from day one. That's because we're physical creatures. Yeah. Okay, we we, we assess women differently from the way they assess us. That's just a fact. You know, you know, if you like tall, short, whatever you like, that's what you're going to gravitate towards. And it doesn't matter what she does for a living or a person. You like what you like as a man. We just, we don't go through that kind of pump and circumstance. That's why, that's why to me this sure is ridiculous. You know, not a bachelorette. That, that makes sense a little bit. I'm going to tell you why. Because women have to assess men, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, they're the ones that's giving up the looking, you know, what are you what's your five year plan? What do you wanna you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, they have to know all that. So I, that show kinda of makes sense to me a, a little bit. You know. But when you're on camera like that, you know it's it's a game, so you're gonna say whatever you have to say. You know, I remember I accidentally saw one of the episodes years ago, the 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 Bachelorette she had on a fat suit. And she was interviewing some of the guys pretending to be her cousin. And so, you yeah. know, okay, no big deal. No one said anything bad about the person, you know. But when the when the woman left wearing a fat suit, the guys forgot that the camera was still rolling. Okay. And one guy said, "Yeah, he would have sex with the cousin to get to her. He would go through the fat chick, you know, you know, just talking about the girl like a dog." Well, okay. Uh, the girl comes back in the main house wherever they do this shit at and she says, well, how did you guys, you know, like meeting, uh, you know, or whatever the fictitious name was, you know, no problem. She said, well, we got a surprise for you. That was me. Under, the, under Oh, okay, okay. Well, no big deal because no one said anything bad for her wearing a fat suit. Yeah. She, so she says, well, you know, we got another surprise for you. When I left, the cameras were still rolling oh my god tiger this one guy there his his eyes got as big as two plates because he see he was the one saying bad shit you see <laughs> and she, and and she 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 was she was um
1: she was vain too because she obviously she liked the guy but she had to get rid of him because she would have looked like a hypocrite you know? yeah yeah and boy so so when they gave him his walking papers
0: you talk talk about bleeping. They were bleeping everything. You know what? You you say something on camera, okay, you know, you don't really mean, oh, he was just cussing up a stone getting into that limo. Well, you see, the thing is, he he had been exposed. That's who you really are. That's who you really are. And he was an asshole. (laughs) But but apparently she must have liked him. He was getting brown. I I don't watch the show, but he was getting, you know, good parts with her or
1: whatever the shit was. The only one that I've ever... That The only one that I ever watched was that uh, Spike TV Joe Schmo. Okay. It was, I don't know if you remember that one, but it's about a show where they have this guy and everybody around him is an actor pretending to be in a reality show. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was that, the that only one. Too com- that, that sounds too convoluted. You know, but, I,
0: you know, my, thing, but you know, my point is you, you cannot manufacture love. You just can't. It just, it's something about a a, a a chemistry. You know, it's like my... But my cousin, hell, he's been married to his wife now for 40-some-odd years now. He went to school up in Vassar, New York. You know, Vassar College rather right up in New York. And he had came back to New Orleans to, to, to help his mom out. And his wife had taken a semester off because her father was sick. And he saw her at registration. And he said when he, he, looked, he saw her, he looked at those eyes. He knew that was going to be his wife. Wow. Now, to this day, they just, they, they, they both, in other words, he could have stayed up there in New York, finished up at Vassar, uh, but she, if she didn't take that, that semester off, they would have never met at UNO, University of New Orleans. Sure. It's just how, how life, and, you know, four kids later, that type of thing, and um, it just,
1: it just it's just amazing. You think about these things, like, obviously, it, it was meant to be, but when he saw her, he knew that was going to be his wife. And wow. it's like you know, man. You talking about true love? Yeah. You know? And by the way, you'll never guess who his
0: mother is. Be a wild guess.
1: No. I mean, his, it's,
0: his mother is my great auntie. Her name is Jean Knight. Okay. And she had a hit song in seventy two called "Mr.
1: Big Stuff." Mr. Mix, Mr. Big Stuff.
0: Mr. Big Stuff. So, 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 from time to time, I'll get someone to play that when I do stand up.
1: You know, she went through some stuff, man. Back in those days, they would steal your record from you. you know? Yes, sir. And the would, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she went to court. She she said she she went she, and she just has a funny way of telling
0: the story. She went to a meeting and um, they tried to give her like a mink coat. And she said, "Well, should I got one of those hanging up in my closet?" <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they tried to give her a car. She so said, "Well, should I, I drove up in that?" She said, "Let me let me tell you, clown, something." i gave birth to the baby i cut the umbilical cord i smacked it on the ass ain't nobody getting rich before me tell me about my residuals yeah and she went to court and to this day that song is in movies tv shows commercials and she gets paid. that's that's what i like mailbox money you understand yeah, yeah mailbox yeah. money brother when you you know you, you, you get out your bed you, you Walk on to that mailbox, huh? Oh, royalty check
1: twenty thousand dollars. Oh shit! Yeah, we we'll, we we'll go to Jamaica next week, baby. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's that's, that's what I want. Yeah, <laughs> all, all them, uh, that's, that's all my... them, them blues legends and jazz legends in this country all had their their music stolen from them. Well, yeah, you see, but that's how it worked in those days. Yeah, Don't you understand? You know, you, I, I'm playing, I'm
0: playing your song on my radio. On my station, I, I gotta, I gotta be written on as a producer for that. You know, they, they get the residuals, man. I don't know if you're familiar with Darlene Love.
1: She, uh, she was with um, uh, Phil Spector, you know. Yes, yes. The Ronettes, you know, love, you know, you know that singing trio.
0: Where she was with them, and that woman, she used to drive her Mercedes Benz, park at, you know, six, seven blocks away. So she can go clean up some white folks' houses
1: when th- when times got hard, because they didn't give them anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, hey, oh, you talking about a story? Yeah, but
0: that's what that's what they did in those days. You see, you had no leverage. Mm-mm. You had no leverage. If if you don't uh, sign a deal or whatever, well, they're not gonna. Then the, the song won't get made, so you have no choice, and you just get screwed nine ways to Sunday. And that woman had to park that
1: Mercedes Benz a couple of blocks away and go clean the houses for a living. Like seven Can blocks away. Yeah. Can you imagine the humiliation? My God. You know? I mean, it's just so... Yeah, that's why, you know, in a,
0: I kind of admire the rappers because you know what they said? It's them rappers said, man, fuck Sony and RCA.
1: We go to cut this shit ourselves and sell up the trunk of our car. The, yeah, they and had no choice. We're going to be resourceful. It's going to be death row records. It's going to, you know, whatever, what you know, you know, it's going to be murder. Yep.
0: We're going to have our own label, and we don't have all that all that middleman stuff. We're going to get we're going to get the money for all this stuff, man. And and that's the mindset that you have to have. That when you, if you if you produce something, you come up with it. Yeah, it, it sure is. You you should reap all the benefits. You know, uh, of your hard work. It's on, It's only fair. You know. I think recently uh, Dave Chappelle had to ask um, Netflix to stop showing some of his shows or something because of uh, royalties or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like but people will people will use you, man, if, if if you let them. Like I told you earlier, power does not respect weakness; it never has, and it never will. No one's going to give you anything. You've you've got you've got to take it, man. You got to take it, man. Look, tiger. I I, I apologize for being so long-winded. Um, I hope you've got enough content.
1: So you to put together an hour, hour show. Oh, we got, it. We got an um, hour and a half. We got an hour and a half, <laughs> man. But I, I guess you wanted to ask me maybe how I got to the comedy game. I've only been doing it uh, since 2014. Yes, I did. You wanted know. to know, you started out in, in Austin, Texas. What made you walk out there and just say, I'm going to give it a try? You always had the passion, obviously. Yeah, and 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 you hear stories from other comedians. They always like this person, that person. You know, I just I never had any of that. None, none of those people ever
0: motivated me. I never, you know, God, I want I want to be like Richard Pryor. None of that kind of stuff. Throughout my whole life, I would say, you know, from age fifteen on, people would always remark to me, "Man, you're funny. You should be doing stand up comedy." I'm like, "What are you talking about? You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just talking. It's you know, you just have a funny way of saying things." And I ignored it for years, okay? And I thought about doing it seriously in 2000,
1: I want to say 2008. When did did Obama run for president? Was it 2008 when he ran? Uh Uh-huh. He won. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're right. Well, before that, though,
0: I, you know, we have a family of, Christmas party, I did some stand-up there. You know, that's a family. I was just trying to entertain people and things like that. But I never really went anywhere to a, a comedy store or a club and said I want to do stand-up. I just didn't have any intentions on doing that. But I gave it some serious thought in 2008. And that was the time Hillary was running against Obama. You yep. were kind of going neck and neck. And there was a big scandal there, uh, Hillary and some, some other folks all went to a foreign country and when they got off the plane, Hillary said that they had to run from, from, from fire, from sniper fire and duck and blah blah blah. Well, one of the people on the plane was Sinbad. And Sinbad said, No, none of that happened. We just all got off the plane and you know and went in. So to make him look like a fool, they fell Oh, don't worry about Simmons. He he's just a comedian. Yeah, yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh shit! Well, I don't I don't want to do that. Then if that's how people feel about Camille. comedian. He just he's just a comedian. In other words, they were trying to neutralize him, but, you know, take that credibility away from him because he he saw what really happened. She embellished the story. None of that should happen. He I, and he told the truth. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. So I, mean, so I so I let it go again. Okay, well. 2014 uh things got kind of you know i just had some trouble in my life my personal life and um my auntie my uh, my dad's brother's wife she had sent me um she had emailed me some uh some passages from the bible and she said oh hey uh, little nephew, here's a couple of passages for the bible to help you get to the rough spots so i wrote back i said you you sent me the whole Bible. <laughs> and she said she 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 types like, Boy, you some crazy. You should you should be doing stand up comedy and I was you know, I said, Well, that's it. When she said I said that was the final straw. I said that's it. So I I was living in San Marcos, Texas at the time and I, I went to a place called Taxis and they had open mics on Thursday nights. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do some stand-up comedy. And I went in there and sat down and watched the
1: whole show. And if you've ever been to an open mic, they're just brutal. Yeah, it I looks mean, brutal. It, it is brutal. It, it's it, it, you know all of, it's like
0: going to a funeral for somebody you didn't like. You just kind of stand there and talk about you know yeah yeah yeah. You remember the time he, uh, you couldn't stand that person because he owed you ten dollars or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I went up to the guy that was hosting the show out there. How do I? How do I get up here, man? Look, he says, "Well, uh, what's your name?" And I took a long, pregnant pause, and I said, "Jimmy Tibbs," because Johnny's my legal name. But if I meet ten people and introduce myself, nine of them will say, "Nice to meet you, Jimmy." Jimmy. So I think it's because I talk—I talk, I talk kind of fast, yeah. the New Orleans accent. You put all that together, and it sounds like Jimmy Tibbs when I say Johnny Tibbs. So I said, "Jimmy Tibbs." And he says, Well come back next week, we'll put you on and I went back the next week and I got I didn't write anything down. I just figured, oh, this is you know, I'll just get up and talk about shit. And I did and there was a a, a heavy set guy sitting there laughing his ass off, just you know, just you know, just, I said, this ain't, this ain't that funny, you know. So anyway, he comes up to me after the set, and he says, Oh, hey, how long have you been doing this? I said this is my first time up there. He says, What? He says, Oh no, man, he says, Listen, i do a radio podcast. I want to get you. On. I said, I I didn't know what the hell a podcast was, Tiger. I said, what are you talking about? So, and he kept, you know, sending me emails about it. And so I finally went and you know, I went and did this podcast. I didn't know what the hell of, and what I was doing. So I did the podcast, and then I started going to more open mics because he said, "No, oh, you're a funny guy. You should pursue this." And just one thing led to another, and just started hitting the open mics and you know, you, you, you you befriend people, you get on showcases, things like that. And then a couple of years ago, I decided. Well, you know, I make pizza as a hobby. I'm going to uh, have a pizza comedy company called, you know, that's real comedy. And um and you know it's, and I've been off and running ever since with it. But you know I I, it, I don't do it every night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that but that's how to answer your question. That's why I, I kind that's how I got into the business. Wow. Kind of like a bug. And um yeah so but you know it's something I probably should have been doing a long time ago. But yeah. yeah I was living life and, and and doing and doing other things, you know, and and stuff. And it, it's funny when you when you do stand up comedy, you come across a lot of people who are also comedians. Mm-hmm. And you you say, oh, you know, okay, well, how, how long have you been um, doing stand up? Well, I, I've been at it for, uh, for eight years now. Okay. How many times have you been up on stage? Oh, I've been up there uh, fourteen times. I said, well, you've only been a comedian for two weeks. <laughs> 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 That's what <happened> to <laughs>
2: i teach you about Bill, you know Bill Eady, man, Superstar?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he says, you know, people are telling me, you know, that, that they you meet these guys, I've, I've been wrestling for three years, and blah, 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 and Bill will ask him how many matches have you had? He says, well, I've had 10. He said, well, you've only been a wrestler for a week and a half. <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a wrestler. You're just, huh. you you, you got to be doing, you got to be out there doing this thing day in and day out, you know <laughs> Things that it's easy to do and um, yeah. okay, it, it looks easy, but just getting material together and like, like I say, keeping the attention of the audience and finding your voice—that that's not a difficult. It's just finding your voice. That's why the stuff you looked at and saw me on—you know—those are contest sets, so you have to say things a certain way yeah. and that type of thing. So it's—I it's, can't really be the person I want to be doing so i sure i i do private
1: parties i do the pizza and i you know, make pizza for the people and i entertain them at the same time you know so uh how about that, the um uh, a lot of fun how about the uh the movie uh girls that one is just you partially playing yourself oh god no but that guy is
0: funny because chris he's a, he's a hell of a guy but and he will not he won't tell his life story correctly He's got this thing where he he dates nothing but white women. You know, it's teach his own. It is what it is. Okay. Yeah. But but he but it's, it's these crazy ass white women that are attracted to him. See, so one girl tried to stab him. I said, man, you should be talking about that shit on stage. Well, but yeah, but he does these you know mundane oh, um, blah, 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 blah. no. I said, no, man, people want to hear your life story. Be entertaining. I said, the
2: woman trying to stab you. That's a funny-ass story. I mean, you survived it, you know, yeah. <laughs> but talk about how that came to be, and but, but
0: he, he, he won't do it, so he uh, he, you know, he decided to make this movie, and he, uh, he said, you know, I, I want you're going to play the Uber driver and that type of stuff. I'm like, okay, let, let's do it. So I go down there, and I, was, yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. They got, they've got all written for me to see, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, no, we ain't going to do any of this. <laughs> we go drive around and we go talk, and I'm gonna say some shit, and you put what you want to put in the movie. You know what I'm saying? So just, sure. just yanking a change, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't I know what they wanted me to say. But we must have drove around for at least maybe thirty minutes, and we just talking. And um, you know, because in the scene he looks forlorn, he's dreaming about the girl and all that kind of stuff. You know, so it's like, oh so yeah, that was a lot of fun Cause, yeah, I, I wanted to help him out. And there's a lot of footage that I wish we could get from that guy. Because he, he would come to the car and I would roll the window down just a little bit. You know, what do you want? Uh, I get in the car, but don't touch anything. You know, just, just, yeah. I'm just goofing around on the guy, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but the
1: guy, none of that needed the cut. But it was, it was funny shit. So everyone in that movie is comedians or just professionally trained actors? No, just, uh, just,
0: just, just Chris and myself are the only ones okay. that comics the other people i got it, i guess just friends and he has are extras okay so i tell you a funny quick story about the, the girl that he was uh, enamored with in the, in the film uh-huh. um i sent her she had sent me a facebook friend request so i accepted it, and i sent her a dm there was another female comedian who had graduated in pharmacy school so i told her hey listen one of the um uh, you know is graduating pharmacy school i know you don't know her but she's a comedian uh, you you want to come hang out with me at, at the party for a couple of hours? You know, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. So It wasn't anything late that night, you know. And um, I say, I said, well, we'll have some fun and we'll 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 stick it to to, to Chris Dilly. I call him Dilly you know, for, for, for short. And um, and, and so she typed back, oh, well, uh, is is this a date? Because I I really don't do that kind of stuff. I say, well, no, not necessarily a date, but if if, if we're going, then you're going to be with me, you know, type of thing. Well, okay, you know, uh, I'll I'll do it. So turn the Turner page. Saturday, like around 10 o'clock, you know, the event, like Saturday at 4 o'clock, I get this crazy DM from her about she had some type of blemish outbreak overnight, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I laugh so hard. was <laughs> like, what are we, uh, what it we, 15 years old? Just, just send me a text saying you decide not to go. You right know, yeah, I, my my, yeah, my acne broke out, and I can't get my medication. You know, what I call the uh, if, if you've ever watched the movie, um, with oh, the, the John Belushi, what's it called? Well, him and Dan Aykroyd, the Blue Blues. The, brothers.
1: the Blues Brothers. Okay, you you, you, re,
0: you remember the scene when they're in the tunnel and and, and um,
1: Princess Leia? What was on it? Carrie Fisher. She, Carrie You know, Fisher. She got the gun on him, and you you were supposed to marry me. My daddy
0: paid for the children. Baby, my car broke <laughs> down.
2: I it the John Belushi excuse, you know, yeah. and I, 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 read, I just laughed so hard, I never
0: responded to it, so I go up to the party and I, I told Elizabeth about it, and Elizabeth said, well, did she, did she send you any pictures? I would have asked her, I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything like that, I invited her to some place, she said, yes. Yeah. And she changed her mind the last minute, but she came up with some stupid ass excuse about an acne Albert. It was just so silly. It was so silly. So no, I I, I never responded to her. She never sent me anything else in of story. See, it's like no, honey, I'm not trying to sleep with you. I just thought it, you know, I met you through him. We go to this party for a couple of hours. Anybody trying to get no ass from you? You know, I'm not an ugly guy, so I know how to give me some thing if I want some. I want to be cool, you know. You know yeah. But it's like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, get over you. It was just so funny. Yeah, so Elizabeth's like, yeah, you should have you made us some pictures. No, I'm not, I'm not going through all that type of hoops. You know, you, you laugh you laugh that kind of shit off, man. You know, it's like, oh, my God. So I, I don't know what. You know, and then that's why women, they, they want a
1: good man and all this kind of stuff. But see, some of them are screwed up, too, truth be told. I'm yeah. not saying men don't have issues. Don't get me wrong. But see, some of them have issues. You know, it's Big like, issues. I had a buddy of mine from New Orleans. You could go to
0: Biloxi, like, you know, an hour and a half. You'd be on the beach, okay? So a lot of people from New Orleans, you know, you know if you if you finish up or early enough on a Saturday evening or something like that, you know, you pack a bag and you, you know, you go down into the beach and, you know, you're there on Sunday, then you, you come back to New Orleans, right? It's not that far away. Well, he had a good friend of mine. He had taken his girlfriend uh, there for the weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, they had a good time on the beach, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, he knew he had taken care of business. He had got her drawers full of some good dick. You know, when well, they get back to New Orleans, she starts acting real shitty with him. You know, just grumpy you know, and this, this, move this. And, 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 and just, he, he couldn't figure it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He says, I, I know we had a good time. You know, what's, what's the problem, you know? Well, she finally confessed that so many men had dogged her out that she, had, she wasn't used to being treated properly. Wow. And she, So she couldn't handle it so she reverted back to what she knows to 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 be you know passive aggressive and blah blah you know cuz she used to guys making promises to her and never coming through and stuff so he just could you know and I I told I said Charles that's why you got to be very picky on who you mess around with you got to be selective see women like that you don't want to mess around with them If she's like if she's not used to being treated right, you just, you don't want to go that route. Yeah. In other words, in other words you go to Biloxi all the time. You go to nice restaurant, the she's there with you. You ain't there with her. Okay, and if she's not going to appreciate that, then you just, you let that go because those are the type of women... They, they will go back to what they are and they'll be screwing some guy named Leroy behind your back because they're <laughs> used to being treated like shit. You know what I'm saying? You want someone to have a high stand. And I'll never forget that story when he told us about said, I told you that. You know, she lived in the projects and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, she, I think she had a child or two. So that was the situation, you know. And I said, no, just leave those type of women alone until this day he still can't shake off those type of women. Wow. See, because that's what, he, see, that's what he's become accustomed to. Yeah, you see, you, you, you see, it, it just, it's just—it's just like you know. That's why George South is George South because you can never get rid of that preliminary, you know, status as a wrestler. It, it, It's—if you ever taken a bath with a with a with a bad piece of soap,
2: and when you finish it, you, you still feel like you got that film around you. Yeah, that's what happens in life. So you you you, be, you become
0: accustomed to bullshit. See, I rather really get turned down by a, a Beyonce, or a Holly Berry, or a dime.
1: Than to be out there
2: messing around on a fuckable six. Yeah. I don't
1: know if women have to put you through all kinds of bullshit. Yeah, at the, end, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not even worth it. Well, no. Probably, no. But, but if you're going to go through some trials and tribulations, i want going to be with a no, 10. Not some, not some average age. And, and these
0: average girls putting through all kinds of bullshit, you know. Like, no, you, you know, oh, my God. No, you look, Here's the deal. You need to be very direct with these women. Okay, because they're not the type of women you want to be with. But you see, he had grown accustomed to that, just like just like the chick had grown accustomed to guys treating her like shit. She couldn't handle being treated properly. Yeah. Okay, we look. We all have things like that. We all look. When I first did Stevie Ray's podcast, I'm the co-host. I'm not used to being no co-host. So I had a friend of mine who was going to call in one night. She was going to be on the show with us um, because she was she was married, but her husband turned out to be gay. You know, so, so Stevie wanted to talk about that, you know. So anyway, I sent Stevie a DM. I said, I said, listen, you know, the show starts at seven o'clock, and I used to come on around seven fifteen or so. You know, I said, well, just go ahead and talk with her first, and then I'll come in and you know, then I'll chime in. He said, no, 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 you are the co-host you 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 own the show first before her, but you see see I wasn't even you not know, say I wasn't conditioned to being you know seeing myself as, as the host of that show or the sure. host you know and that 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 happens with life and relationships man it's, it's like when you're in college and all you have are those roman noodles mm. and boy you know you you get accustomed to those news, but they taste good in the motherfucker. You can't wait to get home and, and eat the news. <laughs> until you until you graduate, and then you, you know, you get the steak and lobster. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, but you get accustomed to that, and that's what I'm saying. Things of that in life, you know. If you see, if, if you aim for the bottom, you'll always hit it.
1: Hmm? That's right. Case closed. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. Bill? But yeah, but that's how the answer your really question. That's how I got to the comedy game and things like that. So. um... You know, I don't know where it's going to take me because I can't pursue it. You know, like these young kids can pursue it. Sure, you know? sure, 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 yeah. You that's
0: know, nice. if, if things come up, I kind of, I, you know, I ride the wave and I've, you know, I've, I've got my brand now, which, you know, that's important to me. You um, yeah I would love to be the black
1: Don Rickles. Oh, I my just God. I love Don Rickles so much. Me too, me too. So you, know you know who Don Rickles is. Oh, my God, do I know. Oh, see, that? that's what I would look Don was just pure funny. Yeah. Just, just pure funny, man.
0: And someone asked him in an interview, you know, you know any death threats or anything like that. And he says, well, you know, and there's been some people that, that like me and didn't like me. He says, but in anything in life, he says, if you take the, the, the general approach and, and do things and just go the regular line, you'll be the average guy. Yeah. But if you believe in yourself and you cause excitement, people will gravitate towards you and he is spot on he is spot on about that man i don't think tiger in the my four streams of income i don't think i take the average approach in anything that i do i'm unique in everything that i do and the more you're around me the more you will see that you know you saw something in me for you to say hey and you know when we met in charlotte "What's
1: what's your what's your facebook page or something like that so you know something's there but that's why you have to be with with things like that you pursue. And I, You know, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah,
0: you know, you know, but I don't. I
1: don't know if you know Scott Teal. Yeah, I knew. I drink all those. Yeah, I buy books from Yeah.
2: But the, the first time I met Scott Teal, I had never been to any of those uh, wrestling um,
0: conventions, and I went to my first one in 2014. And man, I you know I mean, look, I've been a wrestling fan since 1977. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I was in heaven, you know, to see these guys and shake hands with them and stuff, man. And anyway, Scott's wife looked at me. She just come here. And she says, "I want to take a picture with you. You you will be somebody that we want to remember in a couple of
2: years." <laughs> yeah. I, said, no, I, I'm just, I said no. I said no. I said no. I'm just in my element. The fact that I got
0: to talk to Dusty Rhodes and all these guys and, and stuff, you know, just man, it's amazing, you know, because you know, because I'm an old school fan, you know, I, I haven't
1: really watched. since. You know, two thousand. He, even so the great, Russian, you know. the great Lance Russell sign a uh, sign a photo of him and send it to you with his son. He damn sure did. I was there. He sure did. I was there. I was like, wow, this guy is getting photos signed. He's not even in line, and this guy wanted to give him a sign. A legend wanted to give you a signed I, photo because you I, impressed him so much. Well,
0: I'm going to tell you how that occurred. Okay. Right across the street from, um, you know, on that boardwalk, there's a restaurant there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I was walking around, and I, and I decided to go get a bite to eat, and in walks Lance and his son, and I, I, I said, Lance, I said, Mr. Russell, no, hey, man, let's have lunch. I said, I'm going to buy this meal for you and your son. Oh, no, 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 Lance, it's my honor, you know, and I, him and his son, we sat and we had lunch, and it was, man, it was so rude. I could have jumped in that water. And, I, and my feet when they hit the water I was like oh god just like uh, Lance is asking me questions asking me questions you, 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 you think Rick Flint really took that character seriously and you are know, you gotta be kidding me this is Lance Russell Lance Russell I be asking him questions <laughs> you
1: know what I'm saying oh couldn't have been a nicer guy
0: couldn't be know? a nicer so guy I, he, man, no so so, no, I, so his son tried to pay the bill no I paid the bill for for the, for the lunch I know this is. I said, man, look, I've been a fan for a long time. I I never, I knew who Lance Russell was. I didn't hear his voice until 1982. I was watching David Letterman. I had taken some extra classes in summer school, and I was up past 10 o'clock writing a term paper, and that's when they did the angle with Jerry Lawler on um, David Letterman's show. Yep. And they and they played the clip when Laura does power drive on them, the whole thing, and you and you can hear Lance Russell, you know. Ah, Laura's gonna be disqualified for that. <laughs> the winner will be Andy Kaufman. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, it's, it's eleven o'clock and I'm screaming You know, everybody else is sleeping. Like, oh my god, that's that's Lance Russell. That's Lance. I can hear his voice. Okay, you know, because I didn't live in Memphis. You know, yeah. we, you, didn't, you didn't get footage back in those nah. days. You know, so I don't, I'm going bananas because I could hear Lance Russell and I could see the, you know, I could see the ring and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my God, just, no, it was, it was just a, a thrill to, to, to do that for him. And yeah, so his son said, no, they, I didn't know they were going to do that. They presented me with that
1: pole, you know, with that yep. picture. Yep. And I I still, I still have that picture. I, I took a picture with Lance, JR. Me too. I got it I think, out in my I think, I think maybe Tony Schiavone or
0: something with all these announcers, man. It was like, damn, this is unbelievable, you know, man, so wow man some Jim the people, Ross the, I apologize for, for the monopolizing the conversation yeah. brother man I hope, I hope I gave
1: you some good material man Jim Ross is amazing like he told me he encouraged me he was like yeah man keep doing what you're doing cause I had the mask and I said yeah I do wrestling interviews and I wear a mask and I told him about the character mm-hmm. and stuff he said man keep doing what you're doing that's the way to do it he said yeah, don't be he said don't be so like funny. everybody else huh If you if you be the if you just go to normal line, you would be the average guy. Now, with that said, you know, eighty eighty percent prof- of the people that are out there calling themselves, so, except for Mike Mooneyham, he's my idol and he's somebody that I respect and I will forever respect. He's in Charlotte, huh? No, he is a Charleston, South Carolina Post and Courier okay. legend. Yeah, but the rest of them professional wrestling journalists in this country, eighty percent of them, they should be ashamed of themselves. Them oh, bastards yeah. couldn't even write about a headlock or a good match. Or not. everything is behind the curtain. They should have been out there writing checks for the for the wrestlers if they know so much about behind the curtain. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. No doubt. And it's so sad
0: because um, you know the uh, Dave Meltzer and um, Jim Cornette have had a falling out. And boy, that, that was really painful to, to, to hear as
1: it went on. You know, over the last couple of years. Oh, I don't you know what. Yeah, yeah, Jim, you know, because Jim is just old school, he, you know, he, he yeah. knows his business yeah, but be. he earned, he earned his you know? spot, he earned his, oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but I mean, but the way it is today, you no, know, no, see, the thing is, it's, it's, Wrestlemania, it was Mr. T, yep. Hogan, okay, Hogan, yep, okay, Wrestlemania, Wrestlemania 2 was, was, was Hogan, Bundy 3, well, it was Hogan, Andre, but we know who stole the short arrow. sure, sure, you know, and, and um, well, today you're not going there to see any stars. The, the 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 WrestleMania is a star. The ring is a star. Yeah, but the the, all these guys, the, the they, setup. they look the same. They sound the sure. same. There's no there's no personality. There's no. no. There's no there's no Tommy Rich. There's no Stan Hansen. Everyone
0: looks no. and sounds the same. It's all homogenized. Yes. You know, but that's wanted that way. He he wants you know the 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 product to be the the WrestleMania thing. That's what you're there to see. You know, all the proper circumstances, not not the stars per se. All of them are stars. All of them are stars. Everybody, everybody could be in a cage match. No, mm-hmm. that's not wrestling. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you if you ever went to a live event as a kid. Always you know, did. I, I used to, okay. I used to go, and to me, that, that the, a live car was like having sex. You have the you know the foreplay, which was the opening event. You know, the guys had a ten minute draw. Yeah, and each match got better, and by the time you got to the main event, that was like having an orgasm in sex. Okay, <laughs> it, it it blew. You know, you know what I'm saying? You you follow the
1: progression. It got better. Each match got better and better and better. You know what I'm saying? it was well done. But I remember talking. To, yeah, I remember talking to Ricky Steamboat,
0: and you you might have been there that year. I was in the bathroom changing my contacts, and he came out, and um, so we just got into a conversation. And Ricky Steamboat really believed that McMahon was going to make him champion after WrestleMania three. And I say, why the hell would you think something like that? I said, I'm not trying to insult you, but no, uh, Hogan is, is an attraction. If you get a shot at the title, you're going to make him look
1: like a fool in the ring. Yeah. And they could, you know, they, they can't have that. That's nah. why they gave the title the Hunkie Tonk Man. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What you and Savage did, you was not supposed to do. You pissed them off. Yeah. You didn't enhance
0: us. You didn't do yourself a favor in that match. No. And, you know, it, 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 look, Savage, you know, <laughs> Steamboat would have made
1: Hogan look like a fool. And Hogan knew that. Yeah, they weren't So going that's on. why they say, okay, they weren't yeah, going put like the that, title man. on Honky Tonk. Because you had the sensational match, five star match
0: with Savage for the title, and six weeks later, Honky Tonk has it. Well, What's there saying? you go. That's right. See, that's wrestling.
1: Well, See, Jimmy, so he, you know, I'm like, yeah. we're going to have to come back and do this in a few months, if you don't mind. We've had a blast. We've learned a lot about life in general, the good and the bad. This has been like, at like the beginning of the show, has been like the Bible. People think the Bible is a happy-go-go book, but, boy, it's a rough yes, book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Man. Well, listen, buddy, uh, you know, it was... Um, my pleasure to, to be on your 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 platform, your format. I'm, I'm honored that you asked me uh, to do this, and like I said, you're gonna have a lot of fun in the editing room making this thing into an hour show. Um, you know, but wait, listen, we do this again in the future. Um, we'll, we'll maybe have a script and we'll stick to it and, and do it in sixty <laughs> minutes. Okay? Yeah, because this was me? this this was organic. With with me, man, you you could be all day and never talk about the same thing twice, bro. That's so right, I, and it's exciting. I, I, I enjoy people, you know. I, I'm an I'm
0: an extrovert, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, I just, I just you know, like conversation and stuff, man. But again, um, you know, and appreciate you having me on
1: on this uh, on this stage on this format, and um, as we say in my business, uh, to be continued. To be continued, folks. Somewhere between good and evil, you can find me bringing you the tales from the abyss. For the great Jimmy Tips, this is Pablo Rojo signing off. So long.